I want you to consider in your life what has taken place with your relationship with God this year. Just think about that. How, how have you grown in your relationship with God? How has your intimacy with him deepened? How has your willingness and your ability to lean into him gotten stronger? How has your ability to reach out and, and serve him gotten greater? It has it. And, and the, the challenge I'm going to give and the invitation I'm going to give for 2019 is that if you will go on a journey with branches, especially the first couple months of 2019, I will, I'm going to promise you that if you're willing to enter into that, that you will find that there will be a deeper intimacy in your relationship with God. You'll find that when the storms of life hit, because they do, we all know they do, you'll have ballast in your life that you won't be pushed around and you won't, and you won't flip over and sink because of the storms of life. I, I, I'll promise you that if you'll engage with, with us in 2019, that this will be truth in your life. So, with that said, I want to just look at a couple of verses this morning just to start to lay a foundation for what, what we're going to be looking at in 2019. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 5. If you have your Bible, Romans chapter 5 and 6 is going to be where we're going to be hanging out most of the time. If not, the scriptures will be on the, on the screen. But here, here's the verse that I just want to kind of launch from. It says this, The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many become sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many would be made righteous. So you see this contrast. You have one man that sinned, and because of that one man's sin, condemnation, sin, and death for all. One man, obedience, brings righteousness. And in that righteousness, we are made right with God. God God created a path because of his perfect love to restore us back into the relationship that sin stole. And and we are made right with him. Now, there's two types of righteousness when I hear of righteousness that I think of. The first type is a righteousness that we receive when we come to Jesus. So if, if, you're, if you can raise your hand, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you, would ra- if you were going to raise your hand and say, I am a follower of Jesus, then by you receiving God's gift of, of Christ's death and resurrection from, from, the, from the grave, you are made righteous, you are made right in his eyes, and you're a child of, of the king. We sang about it, and that's just the fact. And so it's interesting. I'm going to steal something that I heard just this morning. You're in the family of God. Okay? Now, the second type of righteousness is in how we live our lives. And that's more like the business of God. God's, God's called us to, a, a, to a, um, a, a level of serving him, called us to a level of living our life, called us to a level of, of how we live through the Holy Spirit in us, that has equipped us and empowered us for righteous living. And that's just how we live our life. And then how that happens reflects our lives on the outside is reflected by what God has done on the inside. And so with that, here's the question I want to ask. How do we live righteous lives? 
If you were to quickly answer that question, what would be your answer? If, if, you say, if I say, you need to go live righteous lives, how, what would be your answer, answer? Maybe a question is, are you living a righteous life? Is your life a righteous life based on a definition that you have? So answering that question, how do we live righteous life, is basically what I want to explore this next couple weeks. And we won't answer that question. Here's actually going to be the take-home for today. The take-home for today is going to be for you to take this question, how do I live a righteous life, and, and tease that out. Talk about it with the people in your life. Study it. Read the scriptures. Google it. Come up with some answers of what does it mean to live a righteous life. I want to paint this picture. There's, in my mind, there's three types of dog people. Okay? We all fit into one of three categories. The first type, that's a premature picture, but these are my dogs. They look cuter than what they are. I'll quickly reveal what type of dog person I am. First type of dog person is a type of person that just, you don't like dogs at all. You'll never own a dog. The most you might own is a cat. Dogs have no purpose in your life. Is, would anybody say that you're that type of dog person? Yeah, we got one. Okay. Hope. Hope raised her hand. I just met Hope today, so I'm trying to do the name recognition thing. So the second type is a type I fall into. Dogs are cute when they're puppies. Their breath, their awkwardness when they stumble around. But once they get a little bit older, you kind of... Yeah, take it or leave it. That's the kind of dog person I am. Then there's the third dog person. This dog person needs to be studied by psychologists and counselors. (laughs) This is the type of dog person that um, probably fits on a very specific scale within the Enneagram. And I'm going to guarantee you number eights are not this kind of dog person because I'm an eight. Where is Anna? Anna, study this, okay? She's the Enneagram person in the room. This is the person that looks at a dog as a complete member of the family. This <laughs> hands up everywhere. You you have a special diet for your dog, a special bed which is also your bed, a special couch which is also your couch. Most of us will get Christmas cards from you with your dog as part of the family. You guys are a special kind of people. Dog these are the extreme dog lovers. Now here's here's what happened um with, with Joe and I. Uh, several years ago, we entered into a, a, together a, a moment of being extremely backslidden. Um, we were, walked away from Jesus. We, we could not hear from the Lord at all. Satan was speaking to us, and we bought a dog. <laughs> we bought this dog. We were lured in by the, the, by the greatest bait of Satan, puppy breath. You ever, I mean, can you guys smell the puppy breath right now? Just that, it's so awesome. Like, they should create, like, deodorizer, puppy breath deodorizer. And we got lured in by this, this little puppy, and it's actually Heidi, the one on the right, the bigger of the two. And, and we raised her, and she learned all these cool tricks. They're Australian shepherds, so they're super high energy and high, highly intellectual dogs. And so you have to keep them stimulated. And so we got Heidi, and she was doing all these great things. And then we decided that Heidi was going to be an outside dog, that we no longer want an inside dog because we're not you guys that like dogs the way you do. 
So then in another moment of listening to Satan, we thought it would be really smart to buy a second dog. Instead of like, maybe we should find a great home for this dog. Well, let's just buy a second dog and get Heidi a companion. And so now we have these two dogs. Now let me, let me tie this in, okay? Here's, here's what we do with our dogs. These dogs are outside dogs. We have provided a kennel for them. In, it's an outside kennel. It's got a cement pad. It's, it's safe so that they're protected. There's a, it's cold out. They're dogs. They have fur. They were, you know, this is the problem with you people, okay? Um, <laughs> she's tipping her cards here. <laughs> but because it's cold out, we have a little doggy flap that they could go into the garage where there's another little kennel. So they have this inside-outside space. Here's the thing about this dog kennel. We control everything that these dogs do because we have them kept inside this kennel. We could say that they are slaves to us. You got to run with me here, okay? We decide when they eat. We decide what they eat. We decide if they get, a, and go, get to go out on a leash, how long of a leash we give them, how, how often we take them out. They don't have a say. We control their entire environment. Do you get that picture? That we have these two dogs sitting in a cage. It's a kennel. It's 10 by 15 or something. So it's not like they have some room to walk. (laughs) But we control everything about these dogs. And so in part, I want to say that they are slaves to me, the master. So take this picture of the two dogs caged up and picture yourself as dogs because I'm going to refer to you the rest of us as dogs the rest of the time. (laughs) It's terrible, but... um, When we are born into this world because of the sin of one man, we are in the same position as a dog who's put into a kennel and doesn't have a say of what they're doing with sin. We are slaves to sin. It's a fact. It is what it is. We can't be born... Out, uh, any other way, because of Adam, all people become slaves to sin and ultimately death. This is how Jesus said, he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Rick read that earlier. Being a slave means you have no control. You don't have any say and sin rules you. It tells you what to do. It tells you how to do it and when to do it. Now you think you have control over that. You think you can say yes or no to it. But deep down, it, it, you are a slave to it. You are a slave to the sin. Romans 3.20 says, 3 says, Everyone has sinned and falls short of God, God's glorious standards. And this is the reality that we are born into. But freedom is available. God in his love, he wanted to restore what sin has stolen. And so God's son, Jesus, came and died for all mankind. And through that, we have freedom from slavery. We understand this, don't we? If you've sat in church long enough, you've heard this. This is what Rick read today. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son set you free, you are truly free. And that's an amen right there. Jesus said it. Paul affirms it in Romans. He says this, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So I know that most of us sitting in here, we're saying, yeah, Tom, we know this. We get this. We talked about it last week. 
we read about it. It's kind of Christianity 101. The question is, what do we do with our freedom? With this freedom that we have, what does it mean for us? Does it mean that because we now have this freedom from sin, that we can go on and just live our lives however the heck we want to, knowing that in the end, we've got the ticket to heaven. Let's just go do our own thing. Thanks, Earl. Is there a greater calling to our freedom? That's what we need to discover. Here's what we did with our dogs. We decided it wasn't good for our dogs to be kenneled up. And, you know, they're, they're meant to run. They have high energy. If we, if we put something in there, it was quickly destroyed. They chewed it up, and we realized that they're just trying to stimulate themselves. So we took a trip to Menards, and we spent a Saturday installing one of those underground wires around the perimeter of our house. And we put collars on our dogs to correct them. That's what the nice people say. It shocks them really bad. But the books say that it's correction because that's how we have to speak nicely about pets. Right, Mara? Um, she falls into that weird category. Um, so we, we, we put them on and we opened up a whole new world to our dogs. They now have a whole new freedom and a whole new world for them to explore. In this world of theirs, it has parameters but they, they get to just run, do whatever they want. We basically put the collars on, shut the door, and we go back in the house, and they're just darting all over the yard, and they're doing whatever they want to do. They have complete freedom. But within their freedom, there's things that we still require them or ask them not to do. Like, I don't want them to go into the garage and grab one of my shoes. I'm speaking hypothetically here. And take it out and destroy it. Or two of my shoes. Or a lot of my stuff out of the garage. And when they do, I have to bring correction for them. And I, I, my correction usually comes at me yelling at my daughter because she's ultimately responsible for these dogs. But I say, listen, if they can't do what they're going to do, they're going to, because of their choices to chew up stuff, they're going to land themselves back in the kennel and not have the freedom that they want to have. They're just, their choices are going are gonna to bring them to that, to that, to that level. Here's, here's what it is. When we are come to Jesus, our relationship with the Father is restored. We are adopted into God's family and we become part of his kingdom. We are free from the slavery of sin. We have that freedom. But there's a transfer that I want to talk about. And the transfer is in our slavery. We go from being slaves to sin to freedom from the grip of sin. And then we're called to be slaves to God and slaves to righteousness. And that's where I just want to land today as we, as we try to answer the question, what does it mean to, to live righteous? Here's what, here's what Paul write, writes in Romans 6. He says, you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Two verses down, four verses down. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. This is what we're heading where we're heading next year. I believe that the people of God need to be anchored in our righteousness that was given to us through the cross. And I think also it needs to be coupled with righteous living brought about ultimately by the freedom we have as children of God. This is a weird thing for me. It almost feels like an oxymoron to say you are free slaves. You are slaves to God, slaves to righteousness, 
And that's what brings complete freedom. Whatever it is in our lives that we're searching and seeking to fulfill that's outside of God, God's, our walk with God, our intimacy with God, is, is, is I'm going to be bold and say, is seeking to enslave us from our relationship with him. Here's what Romans says, 6, 15 through 18. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you became, you become the slaves of whatever you choose to obey? Pause there for a second. Before Jesus, we didn't have a choice. We were slaves. After Jesus, we still have a choice in which path we're going to take. And are we going to continue to choose to walk in the lifestyle that we once lived? Or are we going to choose to walk in and be slaves to righteousness? Keep going with that. You can be slaves to sin, which leads to death. Or you could choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. And you have become slaves to righteous living. So here's a take home this morning for us, and that's to live holy, righteous lives. Live righteous lives. What does that mean? Read on with me in in Romans. It says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness, living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? Now you you are ashamed of the things that you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. And it finishes with a, a very popular verse, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we're going to be free from sin and free to choose to live in righteousness, we have to understand what it means to live in righteousness. And so what I want to do just in this simple, simple talk this morning is challenge us to take up... uh, a path this week of asking God, God, what does it mean to live in righteous? What does it mean to live in right standing with you? What does it mean to live holy lives? Does that mean a list of do's and don'ts? Does that mean a a list of rules and obligations? You can answer that. I'm not going to answer that for you. Does it mean a, a, a daily regimen of, of, of devotion and things that I do to please you, God. What does it mean to live righteous lives? Would you be willing to take that up and this week start seeking that out? Do some study. Don't, don't rely on me to come tell you, but do some study. Then next week what we're going to do is we're going to circle back around to this and we're going to look at what, what God says it is for us to live righteous lives. And how do we do that? How do we enter into that? What that's going to do for us is hopefully through how we land next week, it's going to set a path for us for 2019. Because in 2019, what I'm hoping to do is that we would start to explore 
how do we become more intimate with God so that as disciples of Jesus, we then move to making disciples for Jesus? True disciples. Because we toss that word around. And I'm wondering, are we, am I really a, a disciple of Jesus? Does, does standing up here make me a disciple of Jesus? What, what, it, what is it that makes me a disciple of Jesus? And am I making disciples for Jesus? So that's, that's 2019. But in order to do that, I feel like we need to understand, what does it mean to live in right standing with God because of what he's done for us on the cross, because I'm a child of him, because I'm a son? And what does it mean to walk out my life in righteousness? So that's our assignment for this week. Would you stand with me? I um I wonder if this I wonder if there's people here struggling with sin. I wonder if you're struggling with something that just you can't shake. It's in your life and you just can't seem to shake it. Whatever it is, you could you name it if it, if you, if you have that. Let me let me challenge you with a thought. If you are a child of God, that sin has no grip on you. You are freed from that that grip of sin. So if you are a child of God, you have the choice to allow that sin to be in your life or not. Here's the scary part about that. If you, if you are a child of God and that, you, that has no grip on you, you are choosing to let that sin keep you in a, in a state of slavery. You're choosing to let that sin have place in your life. But here's what we know, that God can remove that and you can walk in a, in a relationship with him to where you do not let that take place in your life. If you're not a child of God and you're dealing with a sin that you just can't seem to shake, it's because you can't, you can't shake it. You're a slave to it. You have no say in what that sin is in your life. And the way to shake that is to become a child of God, is to come and say, God, I need you in my life. I need your Holy Spirit to come in and empower me and free me from this grip that, that sin and death have on me. Does that make sense? So if that's true... It would be a shame that if any of us are in that position that we would walk out of here carrying the same baggage we carried in. And so that's where I I invite you to come and receive prayer at the end of this service. I invite you to say, to be honest with yourself and honest enough with God to say, I can't do it on my own. I need you to come and intervene in my life. And so at the end of our service, we have a thing we call ministry time. And that's simply a time for you to come and ask God to intervene in your life in whatever you're dealing with. Now, we're talking about sin. We're talking about about slavery this morning. But this time of prayer is also for because life just seems a stink for you right now. Because you're having relational issues. Because you're having financial issues. Because you have something in your, a physical problem in your body that you, you need God to come and touch. And so I just want to invite you that we're going to sing a song and close with a, a song here of worship. And then as we're dismissed, if, if you want prayer for any of these things we've talked about, I want to invite you to come up and receive prayer. And there'll be people up here, and they're, just, they're, they're here to just, to just 
um, agree with you what you're asking God to do in your life. Okay? So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll finish with worship. Jesus, I thank you that you, you died for me. I thank you that you, you brought freedom from what sin was keeping me enslaved in. And Lord, I, I pray that you would give us wisdom, God, that we would live under your grace in such a way that we walk out our freedom so that this world can see it. Lord, that we would walk in a place of righteousness, not because of religion, not because of rules, but because of our love and our relationship with you, that it would become so attractive to people that they'll, they'll want the freedom that they see us have. And so, Lord, would you just, would you right now just be touching and, and, and just kind of poking at people who know that they have stuff in their life that they need to submit to you? They know that they need to turn things over, even, even their own personal life, but things in their life they're choosing to, to do or live with that, that, that brings, brings kind of a barrier between you and them. And would you just encourage them to, to leave it here today? Lord, be, be blessed in our worship. God, would you just be blessed in, in this group of people that have come to worship you today as we lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen.